NAD Ministerial presents Multiply, Baptize, Equip, Plant with Jose Cortez Jr. I want for us to turn there to the Old Testament. I'm going to read Welcome just a few. Welcome to <laughs> And this morning we're having a baby dedication. You know, every now and then. We baptize you now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. We're about to go eat. I want to thank you for the food. Is there a second to the motion? To present to you the happiest newlyweds in all the land. Muy buenos días, amigos, hermanos y familias. God, give us strength and power to live like you told us to live. I'm Patricia, and welcome. Are you a Seventh-day Adventist or are you a Seven Days Adventist? What's the difference? Find out today as our host, Jose Cortez Jr., talks to Jerome Hurst. My favorite text says that the righteous have a concern a sermon coming up. for the poor. <laughs> the unrighteous have no such concern. In other words, when you want to measure how righteous you are, it's not about what you eat. It's not about what day you worship on. How you dress. It's not about how you dress. Uh, how much on. is your concern for oh, those who are less fortunate than you? We've got lots of great actionable insights on the way. More in a moment. We want you to know that we are here as a growth resource. Go to nadministerial.com and click on podcast for everything you need to multiply your ministry. Our guest is Jerome Hurst. Here's Jose. If you have a passion for preaching but do not have a passion for service, you're reading a different gospel. Uh, that was said by Paolo Massena, the pastor of the Ellicott City Church, Seventh-day Adventist Church in Ellicott City, Maryland. Mm -hmm. And welcome to the Multiply podcast from the campus of Andrews University. This is Jose Cortez, and we're right on the studio of Advent Next. It's a, a podcast that, that you ought to pay attention to and follow. And today I have a very special guest, Pastor Jerome Hurst, all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, and he's a senior pastor of the Southeast Cleveland Church. Jerome, how are you? I'm doing just fine. It's good to be here with you today. I'm glad to be a part of this great My experience. My goodness, it's so good that you made it all the way to Bering Springs. When was the last time that you were here? Oh, it was last year doing okay. the when we were interviewing students for possible internships. Oh my goodness! So you come here often. Come here often. So yeah. you don't mind the, the, the drive to well, Bering Springs, Michigan? It's a nice little drive. Get to come here, stock up on my veggie food from the store, <laughs> <laughs> and all that. And I'm sure that just like me, you love the people from Michigan. Oh, the Michigan. Right. Well, Michigan people are pretty good, long as they're not the sports team. I'm an Ohio State fan. Oh my goodness! Oh, all right, all right. So. <laughs> So I see that rivalry here, yes. right? Yes. Go O-H-I-O. Very good. But hey, you know, we can talk about a million things, uh, Jerome, but, but the one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about here is something that you excel on. Uh, you are known for being a pastor of your community. You're not just a pastor of your local church. Talk to me about that a little bit. What's the importance of being a community pastor rather than just the pastor of the four walls? Wow, that, that, is, a, that is a great question, and I would say that uh, when I came to Southeast in 2007, I had been successful in ministry over the years, and God just put this burden on my heart that uh, I was to do more than just pastor my Adventist church. And so 
I can always recall on the first Sabbath there, I was introduced and I said to the church, God, the conference sent me here to be your pastor, but God has sent me here to pastor this city. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and I pray that you will go on this journey with me. I don't know where it will take me, where it would lead me. This is all new to me as well. And so um, I believe that in my heart that I, I took the gospel commission of go ye therefore uh, to heart. And this is, how it, this is how God worked. It was two weeks later. Uh, they were having a, a community event, but I didn't know this event was taking place. And we were in the church and we who was, were going. Who was having the community event? Uh, the, there's a park right next door to my church. Okay. And so I didn't know any of this. And so every year there's this big, big celebration, like a big block party All right. that the city councilman puts on in the park next door. And so we're in church and we're going through our beginning uh, exercises, repeating the fourth commandment, the welcome. And all of a sudden- That's a Sabbath morning. Sabbath morning. All right. All of a sudden I hear all this music and the band playing and horns tooting. And I'm like, what's going on? So then when we start to do the welcome, I go to look to see what's happening. And there's a parade going on- Right outside of Right outside my church. Uh, And we're all locked up inside the church. uh, And so I run outside to see- what's going on and I see what's happening and so we go through the service after church I go down to the park get in get in get involved and see what's going on and I'm like wow God said that we're to go to the whole world but this week he brought the whole world to us and we're sitting here inside the church what's going on so I begin making plans for the next year I start doing some other things in between but what your original question was what does it mean to be the pastor it means that you have to get involved in those types of things there's no way we shouldn't have known that that was happening you cannot remain locked up can we not remain locked up in the four walls you have to get out and mingle with the people People know what's going on in the community and be involved. Would, a, would that be great advice for pastors and for administrators? Oh, very okay. great advice. Uh, because at times when we come to a church, people think that we're just coming to pastor them. Yes. And they don't realize that the responsibility goes way beyond. way beyond them. Way beyond, because those are the ones we need to win. Those are the ones that we are saying we want to evangelize. They're not sitting in our church on Sabbath. They're outside those walls. From that, we were able to, the next year, if I skip ahead, we were able, we knew when the date was, so we were standing out there. So these people have walked from like three miles up the road. So next year, we were standing there on our corner with cold bottles of water. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha message magazines and steps to Christ. Huh. So we were ministering to them. Then we had a booth down at the, at, the park. at the park where we gave away school supplies. Uh. We, we At our booth, we had a section set up for the children where they we were able to do different craft activities with them. And while everybody else, all the other vendors were selling pop and selling things, we were giving it away. That's beautiful. Free. So that, and, and what we did, we made our own water labels all right, beautiful. where we put our own church water Water labels, and we were advertising for our crusade that was coming up. We did prayer surveys at our booth, and so we just became involved. It got to the point, Jose, where the councilman said, we're going to move the parade to a later time so we don't interrupt your service. (laughs) (laughs) You see, that's what happens. When you love the community, usually the community loves you back, Right. right? Because when the Bible says that if we aren't the salt, 
then what will happen? They will trample on us. That's right. And so that, that's, that's a form of it. They'll love you back. They'll protect you. When you do for the community, you don't, when everyone else, air conditions were getting stolen, guess who didn't get stolen? Yours. <laughs> when everyone was getting graffiti written on their walls in the neighborhood, guess who's never had graffiti written on their walls? My Lord. Oh, because we're friends of the community. Because they love you. They love us. Okay, and I wish that that was a story for every one of our nearly 7,000 Adventist churches in North America. But our case, in some cases, our churches are seen as the people who take our parking, as the people that just drive in, you know, once a week, do not invest in the community, and we should not be known for those things. And guess what? Because we do have on-street parking, we take, we take advantage of that. At Easter time, we go on our street, and we give Easter ba fruit baskets to the people just saying, we thank you, we know we park in front of your house. On but we just find ways to break down those barriers so that we don't become a burden to them, but they see us as a help. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I love this. And, and let, me, let me move on to something very quickly, because in our church, there have, there have been discussions about social justice. Mm. And, and there have been times when social justice have been looked at by some as something negative rather than positive. And I want to ask you, uh, is social justice part of the gospel? And should the church be involved in social justice? Should we be engaged, involved in these things? Uh, talk to yeah. me. What's your perspective? Yes, yes. Um, let, let me say this. Here's where I think it's all about vocabulary. And I believe that our church believes we should be involved in helping people. Mm -hmm. I believe our church should, believes that we should be involved in helping to set people free, visit, visiting the prisoners, feeding the hungry, taking care of the orphans. But what they don't see is some reason this word social justice has mm -hmm. become the block. Yeah. It has become the wall. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, when we talk about social justice, we're talking about evangelism. We're talking about setting people free. We're talking about speaking up for the rights of people. Uh, my, my favorite text says that the righteous have a concern for the poor. The unrighteous have no, so, no such concern. In other words, when you I want to... I got an email from you the other day, and that's yes. the Bible verse that you yes. have. Like, can you repeat that, please? The righteous <laughs> have a concern I feel a sermon coming up. for the poor. <laughs> the unrighteous have no such concern. In other words, when you want to measure how righteous you are, it's not about what you eat. It's not about what day you worship on. How you dress. It's not about how you dress. Uh, how much on. is your concern for oh, those who are less fortunate than you? Because when you have done it unto the least of them, you've done, you've it. done it for Jesus. And we say everything mm. that we do is for Jesus. Jesus. That's what social justice, the Sabbath is social justice. That's it. The year of Jubilee is social justice when everything is even. And when we come to church on Sabbath, everybody is equal at the foot of the cross. Uh -huh. That's what social justice is all about. So the Sabbath is when the doctor sits right next to the janitor. Right? Yeah. They're both, They're both the brothers same. and sisters. And, and no one can discriminate anyone. Yeah. Sinners, know? brothers and sisters That's in it. Christ. They're the That's same. It. No discrimination. That's what social justice is all about. So definitely we should be involved. We should be involved 100%. Yes. Do you believe that pastors should be involved in community first? Um, even if it involves politics at times and some of these things. I know I'm asking you some difficult questions, yeah. but I think these are questions that are important for our church in North America to know the answers to. Yes, um, because the po reason we should be in politics is because politics is what determines policies. Okay. And policies are what is what affects the lives of people. 
And so when we're talking about the hungry, policies are put in place that would make more people hungry or be able to help people not to be hungry. I live in an area where 90% of the uh, children who are go to the schools are on free or reduced lunch. And so when you start talking about making policies that affect food stamps and affect free lunch programs, you're talking about children being hungry. So I have to be involved to know where people stand. It's not, for me, it's not about Republican and it's not about Democrat. It's about being able to have the ear of someone so that in the wee hours of the night when they're making decisions about where they're going to do, signing the Health Care Act or signing this bill or that bill, maybe something that I said to them when I had a moment to talk we'll to have them the influence. will have an influence. And so that's what it's about. So whoever becomes the governor, whoever becomes the mayor, whatever, whether I voted for them or not or supported them individually, they are the mayor, they're the government. So I have to I have to be friends with them, I have to be cordial to them, and I have to be have be put myself in a position that I my voice can be an influence to them. And that's really what when we talk about politics, we're talking about influence, we're talking about having the ear and the audience with people who make those decisions that affect the people that we are the voice for because the poor and the less fortunate, what they need most from us is our voice because that's what they have lost is their voice. So we have to be their voice. We have to speak for them. Uh, because they don't, they may not get that same audience that I have. And so when I get that audience, I have to be a voice of concern for them and their well-being. So when people are hungry, we do not only as a church have a responsibility to feed them, and we do, and I know that you do. Uh, we also have a responsibility to help them so they can eventually be able to, to get their own food. Yes. But we should also go to the next level and be involved in in in, in policy yes. and, and influential influence policy making. Right. So that way uh, they are given the right atmosphere that they might be able to to eat. Yeah. Is that is that correct? Am I getting it right? Yeah. Same thing as far as housing. You may be homeless night and we want to put you in a hotel tonight and we may get you in a shelter, temporary housing, but then ultimately we want to get to the point where you're able to have first time home buyer classes and 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 to help you get your own place but not only that we want to be able to affect the policies that are passed down so that you can get the loans and yet you can have fair housing opportunities so we have to cover the gamut a lot of times we just get caught on the immediate need of giving them food or giving them a place to relief mm -hmm. but we have to get to that third tier where we're helping to change those policies that affect why they are where community are. development community Community development. Transformation. Transformation. And you don't get to do that by staying in the four walls of your church and praying. Exactly. I mean, this summer, man, I, had, I probably had, this fall, had the most awesome evangelistic crusade that uh -huh. I've ever had. Mercy. Dr. Ivan Williams came and did he the preaching each night. Yep. And let me tell you, man, it was transformational for me. We, we only preached on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, four nights a week. But the other three nights, we ran job fairs, we ran health clinics. Beautiful. 
Uh, we gave away free. We gave away food. We did a number of things that transformed people's lives. People got jobs. People who didn't even come to hear the preaching came to the job fair and were able to get jobs. Somebody who didn't come to the preaching came to the health fair and got dentists, got their teeth cleaned, got got checkups, and uh, high blood pressure was dictate was 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 found out so that they could go and get further care. And so it was just awesome to me that it was more than preaching, but we were able to minister to the whole person. And 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 my members and everybody were like, this has been the best. And here's the thing. I, I said yeah, it, I think, I earlier, this. is that that while we didn't do these things to get baptisms. Tell me. Tell me about that. Um, uh, we did it because it was the right thing to do. Now, we, we definitely want people to be baptized. We were able to baptize 17 individuals as a result of the meeting. But And here's the key. Man, of those 17 individuals, this past Sabbath, all but one of them I could lay my hands on. Ha-ha. <laughs> So they haven't gone anywhere. Right. These were people that were loved into the church. Yes. Not just preached yes. into the church. Yes. And so uh, it was, it's, it's awesome that, that we offered something. Uh, I mean, I've had the crusades where I've baptized a whole, and I'm not against that in any shape, form, or fashion. That's what we're about. But it was just so meaningful. My members, it, it just transformed us, transformed our thought, and we're just we're, we're excited about what God is doing. I heard you say something that stuck with me uh, a while back. You said, allow people to follow Jesus. It's about yes. the kingdom, not about your church. Yes. Allow people to follow Jesus, and Jesus will lead people to your church? Is that, is that yeah. something that Yes, I believe that. I ah. believe that. I believe that. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw them to me. And when we follow, when we decide to follow Jesus, Jesus will lead them to where they need to be at that time. And I believe that we are the last day church. I don't, I, I don't do, because a lot of times if we're trying to make them church members, mm. then what we're doing is we're doing things with a hook. Yeah. And we just want to do, and Jesus And we says, shouldn't do that, right? We shouldn't do that. He says, we just ought to love people. We ought to love people. And I believe that if we love them, if we, if we show that we're really uh, concerned about them and show them the love of Jesus, lift up Jesus, Jesus will, Jesus will draw them. They'll fall in love with Jesus, and Jesus will lead them through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we got to stop trying to do what the Holy they Spirit is Holy supposed Spirit, to be. Right? That's not our job. Our job uh -huh. is just to love them. Yeah. Jesus says, they'll know that you are followers of me and that you are my disciples by how you love not only one another, but we also have love to them. love them. And I just, I'm, I'm just, for, I'm just, I've gotten to the place in ministry. I haven't always been here, Jose. And <laughs> hey, have I. Okay. <laughs> but I've gotten to the place of Jesus that I, you know, I, I tell my church all the time, this ties in. I say, listen, Jesus says he never sleeps nor slumbers. <laughs> so I'm going to bed at night. I'm not right. staying up worrying about this stuff. That's <laughs> Jesus', Jesus job. Take care of it, Let right? Jesus take care That's of right. what he's taking. Care. That's great advice for pastors, man. <laughs> yes. We tend to worry yeah. about things even overnight. Yes. So it's time to let those things, you know, rest at night and let Jesus take care let of them. Let him right? take care of it. He stays up. Sleep. No, 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 no sense in both of us staying up all night. All right. <laughs> really good. More with Jose and Jerome in a moment. We'd love to get to know more about you and your ministry. NAD Ministerial is dedicated to your growth and success. Go to our website, nadministerial.com. Click on podcast and sign up so we can keep you connected to the best tools, the information, and events to help you multiply your effectiveness in evangelism. Oh, and make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. And all of Jose's social media contacts are on the website as well. 
nadministerial.com. Now, back to the interview. Hey, hey, let me ask you. Is there a point in befriending and, and collaborating with uh, pastors from other denominations? Do, oh. do, you, do you do that? Oh, because, I do. Because I we're do. Adventists. You know, oh, we're yeah. supposed to be it. Yeah. You know, so how can we be hanging out with, with other colleagues from other denominations? What, oh, man. That, what's that all about? That is probably one of the staples of my ministry in Cleveland. Like I said, it's 12, this has been a 12-year journey for me in going and doing things that I had never done in ministry before. And uh, one of the first things that I did is uh, to hook up with the uh, ministerial alliance there in the city. And um, every Tuesday, every Tuesday, it's on my calendar, every Tuesday, well, I won't say every Tuesday, but most Tuesdays, most Tuesdays. Uh, I'm at those meetings. I'm at those meetings because it is at those, not only making friends and, and fellowship with other clergy, but also that has opened up the door for me to hear and to meet a lot of the uh, people in the city with some of the uh, service, community service people, some of the politicians, because they always recognize that their pathway to anything they want to do is through the church. Uh-huh. So they come to the clergy groups. And so that has allowed me to do a lot of things that I'm doing as well. But back to the friendship with the clergy, it is of vital importance because it's a way for us to witness to them as well. Because Sad to say, um, the view that they have of us is not positive at all. We've been a little isolated. We've been isolated. We've been critical. We've been judgmental. We've been all of those things. And so to see that we are normal people. We're people. And we're just people has been been great to just to fellowship with them, to go out and eat with them. It's been a witness that way. I I haven't never, I'm not even a vegetarian, (laughs) but when I'm with them, I'm conscious of what I eat. Simply because I'm on to, that's my way, not by preaching to them, but by showing them. Come to find out there are a couple of my, uh, and I don't like the word uh, first day preachers. I, I've kind of <laughs> moved away from that over yeah. the years. But there are a number of my colleagues who, uh, who church and worship on Sunday who are better health <laughs> health advocates for are. the health message than I am. But it has become, it has been as a result of also not the preaching to, but the showing of, of this to them. To the point now when, you know, we would go and we would have events. Now there's turkey bacon, there's, there's more than pepperoni pizzas because they have, they recognize that I don't Very eat those important. things. And yeah. so they make sure, they begin, they started making sure that there were things there because not only did I, I I began friending them, but then as I began bringing my church to activity, gave me opportunities to preach in their pulpits on uh, on Sunday mornings and to just share the love of Jesus. I'm not going there to using this as an opportunity to tell them they're there on the wrong day because the fact of the matter, most preachers today are more educated than they have ever been before, and so a lot of them know. About our Sabbath. So it's not about trying to convince them. That's the Holy Spirit. My job is to just like it is with those who are not religious people or is to just love them, befriend them and to show them and trust Jesus and the Holy Spirit to lead them. Question. Where do you get this from? You know, uh, loving the community, being engaged in the community. Where does this go back to? Uh, is it Man. all that Jesus? What, 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 where does this well, come from? Uh, 
Well, I can tell you where it came. Like I said, when I uh, came to Cleveland, Ohio in 2007, I came from Columbus, Ohio. I'd been pastoring. I'd been a teacher. I'd been a principal in the school. I had served as educational superintendent. And I had, for the, for the most part, I would say I had a successful ministry as a Seventh-day Adventist uh, uh, denominational employee. But the Spirit of God said it was time for that there was something different for me to do. I learned on the job. I didn't have any background in doing some of the things that I'm doing. I was scared. I didn't know what to do, so I trusted in God. Where did it come from? I think the, the foundation, Jose, was loving people, All right. loving people. And so once you love people, that's the foundation. So me loving people and me being excited about being peep around people was the foundation. That's where it came from. And then, so what God did was say, it's time for you to get out of the fish pond and get into the ocean. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> now, now, our time is done, but I need okay. to ask you this question because I know that you try, when you reach out to your community, when you love your community, you do not try to do everything and you do not try to make everything original from your church. Yeah. You see that if somebody else is doing oh. something, uh, you believe in collaboration. Oh, yeah. And we do not need to reinvent the wheel. We do not have the finances to reinvent the wheel. So at times we need to work in cooperation and collaboration with yeah. others. Talk to me a little bit about that. Oh, that is key. That is key, working with other people so that you don't duplicate what's going on. You're not in competition with people. This this is another way of connecting with the other churches, other pastors. So cooperation is Co better than competition. Yes. Cooperation better than competition. Does it take away from you? Does no, it, take away, it doesn't take away take your away. members. Doesn't take away your members. When we collaborate with others. We don't lose members. Well, you know, lose. here's what I tell my friends too. We're so territorial, right? Times. And here's what I tell. Here's what I tell. Even I have a joke with my my friends who from the other denomination. I say, listen, I'm not here to steal your sheep. All right. But if they come in my pasture, I'm going to feed them. <laughs> Everybody has the choice to determine. Only reason someone, they can steal my sheep is if what they don't like what I'm feeding them. All right. <laughs> so if you feed your sheep, you have no, no, I'm you not, have anything to worry about. Exactly. All right. Feed your sheep. Don't worry about them going other places or what they may do. And, and because if you're feeding them a healthy diet, a good diet, they'll keep coming back to eat. So what are, what are organizations that you collaborate with? Well, we have partner with in yeah. order to help the community. I've collaborated with the American Heart Association. They have okay. awesome health program. If you don't have, if you're trying to struggle with a health program, the American Heart Association has it. It's well laid out program. They'll fund it. They'll send uh, educators there. I've I've worked with AARP, uh, a part of the NAACP. We work together on doing issues. I'm heavily into this uh, GOTV and the census things that are even going on now with some national organizations. Faith and Public Life is one of the organizations that I work with on a national level. Uh, the American, African American Ministers Leadership Council, which is a part of People for the American Way. Those are national groups as well. And we do a lot as it relates to the vote and uh, get registering people to vote and to get out to vote. So this coming to, actually on Sunday, we're having souls to the polls. where we're <laughs> Souls to, to the, the polls. polls. Right. On Sunday, because we have 
Sunday voting for the primary, and then on Tuesday I'll be involved in. So you want to make sure that people vote. People vote. We're not telling them who to vote. Who to vote for? Just go vote. vote. Everybody. Because if you don't vote, you're not represented. Exactly. Go vote. Make sure in the census that you, because millions of dollars for our communities are connected to the census. So we're encouraging people, trying to do as much education. Mm -hmm. See, a lot of it is we must educate the people about the importance of voting, about the issues that are there, not the candidates. Let's talk about the issues. Now, you pray and have the Holy Spirit lead you uh, to the candidate that best represents your stance on the issues. That's what I'm involved in. And the, and the, the educate them on the value and what's connected to this census and what we'll have to live with for the next 10 years if you're not involved in this census and they don't get a correct number. So those are ministerial groups and and things that but are not uh, even the Cleveland Public Schools, we're part of, we work heavily with them. We're part of an adopt-a-school program that we do. So we have a school from the, I have a church school, but we also have adopted a school in the neighborhood that we go to and we uh, work with those children and mentoring programs, tutor, help tutoring them, making sure we, like at Christmas time, they're underprivileged kids who may not have Christmas. So we have the Christmas giveaway where we give away toys and bikes, coats and gloves. Beautiful. So we're doing all those types so of things. So would you agree? with me that the church is not only an agent of salvation. Our, our primary so, uh, purpose is to be agents of salvation. I, 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 invite people to be saved by Jesus. Yes. But the church is also an agent of transformation. Oh. Not only for when we get to heaven, but here as we live oh, on yeah. this earth. Yes. So if here, the church is not making the community better, the church is not doing the job it ought to be doing. Exactly. I agree 100% that we should not just be about salvation, but transformation right here on this earth. And we should make this place a better place for those our brothers and okay, sisters. Okay, last but, but, but not least here. I, want, I cannot leave without asking you this question. How do you get involved? Let's say we have thousands of pastors and church leaders who are listening to this podcast. How do we get engaged? How do we find these people? How do we get connected in the community? Uh, I get somewhere for the first time to my next uh, assignment as a pastor. What do I do in order to be able to do what Jerome Hurst does in Cleveland? All right. So you have to, Talk you to have to have the desire to want to do it. So once you have the desire to want to get involved, there's some very key people right in your community that you could look to to make contact with. The police chief for your community. You need to meet the police chief. Meet the police chief. Meet the fire department chief. Those are, those are people right there at the grassroots level. Uh, you can meet your council person or your ward leader, depending on how your city is divided. Find out what they want. Let me tell you another vital ministry to meet the people in the community. I'm bald. But guess what? I have a barbershop ministry because everybody comes to the barbershop. I have a member. I particularly have a member who is a barber. But and so I'm in his shop every week and I'm meeting the people of the community there. Let me say one other thing, another way to get involved. I made, an, I made a decision. I do not live in the community where I pastor, but I do business in the community. So my cleaners is in the community. Right. I go shopping, get my gas at, the, at a gas station in, in the, the community. community. 
community. I go as much as I can to the grocery store in the community because I get to meet the people and interact with the people in the community there, and they see me as a community and then, person. And you have to behave good all the time because they know who you are, right? Yes. <laughs> that you, you know, you don't have any right. any, any space for mistakes there. you got right. to be a good pastor right. and a good you know, citizen yeah. throughout, right? So one of the things that we did, we are a, we were a vote, we're, we, it's not there now, but we were a vote, the voting precinct for our community. And so, so what, people came to so vote came to our church. church to vote. One of the things we did at our welcome center, we set up, we put out free CDs, we put out free steps to Christ, message magazines, whatever literature and things we would have, we just put it out, we just set it there, and we had on the counter free Feel free to take one. Everything's free. All I can say is, Jose, when we came back at the end of the day, everything, was, was, gone. everything was gone. Here's what happened one day. One day I was in the grocery uh -huh. store in the community, and I was talking, talking, and the grocery lady, she checked me out, and she said, she looked at me kind of funny, and she says, could you say something again? And so I said something. She says, are you a pastor? And I said, yeah. She says, I thought so. Do you pastor that, the Seventh-day Adventist church down there? I said, yeah. She says, I have one of your CDs. I thought that was your voice. <laughs> She's never been to a church service. I don't we're know. Ministering to we're her, ministering to her to soul and to the city. Oh, wow. That's, yes. that's, that's, just, that's just beautiful. That's just, I, I love what you're doing. And I wish, I wish that, that many of our churches across North America will be doing this. Uh, one last question. I, I keep saying the last one. This is so good. Uh, Kendra's looking at me funny because our time is, is, is done. Uh, in, the, in your bulletins at the church and in your bulletin board, uh, do you advertise uh, only church staff or do you advertise uh, community staff? Well, we advertise community things because when your church also, see, we have a number of ministries that are going on where people... Is, I use this phrase. We're not a seventh-day Adventist church. We're a seven days. Seven days. Ah. ah. So we're just not open on Sabbath to the community. The community is consistently coming through our church. And so we have to have up not just what's happening in our church, but things that are happening in the community as well as what's relevant to them. And we host a lot of these things. See, once you make your mind up that you want to be a part of the community, the other thing that I'll say is you don't have to come up with everything. This collaboration. So they are looking for places to do their work. So they want to have a, a uh, they want to do a town hall meeting to talk about, we're talking about coronavirus right now. Well, if you have a relationship with the hospital or the right clinic, they're going to come to you and ask you, well, can we have this at your church? And so that's where these, so they're coming through. So we, we, we're in our bulletin and our, on our bulletin boards, on our uh, pages, we're talking about things that are pertinent to the community as a whole. And so that when they come in, they don't just see us as trying to get them to be a part of our church, but we're being a part of their community. Right. Have you found that this gets you a right? It earns your church the right to be in the public square? Oh. Uh, does TV ever come by to see what you guys are doing, to report on you guys, or the news ever come by, uh, anything like that? Yeah, but we, it, it definitely opens up the doors for, for all types of, uh, for us to get all type of, what you call, free advertising. All right. <laughs> uh, and so, yes, people, people come. And it also gives us, we become the trusted Voice, we become the trusted place for the community. I, last, I have so many stories, but when we were, when the uh, affordable health care came out, 
uh, I got involved in that, and they were setting up people at the library and different public places like that to um, for people to register. And so I was I would go to meetings, and they would give these low dismal numbers of how many people would register. And then one day a bright light went off, and I said to them, you know. The people who we're really trying to get to register to get this health care are never going to walk up to a stranger mm-hmm. yeah. in the library mm. and give them all their personal information. You need to bring this to the church because we're the trusted place in the community. You're trusted. They're, they come to us for food. They come to us for all these other things. And now you want them to give up. Their very personal information, information to a complete stranger is not going to do that. So when they start bringing those, bringing that, and doing those things at the church, you, the numbers went up, and we got more people signed up. And I just see the church become when they when you're involved, you become trusted by the community. That's beautiful, and that's what you want to be not. Trusted, and that's what longevity does. That's what getting involved does. It's all about trust, the collaboration. To my leaders, that's what I've been blessed. I'm blessed to be at the church for 12 years. I do not take that lightly, that that is part of the reason why I am in the position. A long pastorate. A long, long pastorate, because it's about building trust. And people and people can see you're committed, and they begin to trust Which you. Which is nearly impossible in just four years, exactly. like, like we've done for years. With yeah, your practice. church doesn't even trust you in four years, That's right. let so alone the community. Administrators, pay attention to this, you know. Yes. Stop moving pastors every four years. Yes, you know? sir, yes, sir. A, a longevity ministry makes a big difference, a difference in the community. Yes. Well, everyone, you heard it. This is uh, Pastor Jerome Hurst, all the way from southeast Cleveland, Ohio. And, and I know, I'm, I'm praying for you because I know that you have been given a new assignment. Yeah. And in a few days, you're going to be going over to Pittsburgh, yes. another beautiful city. Yes. Uh, may God bless you. May God continue to use you. And may you be the pastor of your city there like you've been the pastor of your city in Cleveland. Thank you so much. And, I'm looking forward to the challenge. And, and to our listeners, to our audience, uh, may your church not only be a Seventh-day Adventist church, but a seven-days uh, Adventist church. God bless and see you soon. This is Pastor Jose Cortez in your podcast, Multi. Take care. Thanks, Jerome and Jose. Make sure you sign up for our email list and don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to connect with Jose, home base for all things multiply is nadministerial.com and click on podcast. I'm Patricia. Until next time, keep going, but most of all, keep growing. Multiply. Multiply, a best practices podcast, is a production of NAD Ministerial. Executive producer, Ivan Williams. Designed by Halloran Hill for Anything is Possible. Produced by Kendra Arsenal with Christina Massino. Edited by Taizi Snyder. 